there's some natural highs in this life. Like you don't you don't need to resort to drugs or alcohol. Unfortunately, a lot of people do. And but there's certain things you can do that are natural. And that's one of them is just being vulnerable with friends. Like, mm. let's make that on a T-shirt, like get vulnerable. <laughs> if you can open up and talk about your true feelings, like I'm, then you just feel so free. Like you feel literally 40 pounds lighter after you just get that off your chest or like you had a shitty week and it's like this happened or like you had a great week this happened it's like i need you to hear and you guys are actually listening you're not on your phones like this is amazing this is for the others out there the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life it's time to get curious and get real join me and together let's find the others Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm excited to bring you a conversation with one of my best friends, Rylan Puzzatello. Rylan left his home state of Ohio in 2017 to move across the country to LA, where he's working his dream job at Dimensional Fund Advisors, a leading investment firm that manages over $600 billion in assets. Investment consultant during the week, photographer on the weekends, Rylan seeks to balance both his analytical and creative minds. Last year, he set a goal just to sell one piece of art, and today he has a business that sold over 125 of his prints, partnered with five separate CPG companies for lifestyle photography, and has shot a number of events for individuals and groups. Rylan is super proud of his ability to balance work and play, and when he's not on the clock, he's off snapping photos, flying his drone, hitting a surf sash, or getting a sweat in. We had an awesome conversation about his epic story moving out to LA, and you'll find out just exactly why it is his dream job he's working. We talked about his entrepreneurial spirit, his side hustle, cultivating that, overcoming crippling back pain, and cultivating passion every single day. Give Ryland a follow on Instagram at Puzitron and check out his website where you can buy beautiful prints to fill your walls up, www.rylandpuzitello.com. Link is in the show notes. All right, let's get down to it. Let's welcome Ryland Puzitello. Ryland Puzzatello on the show. Hey, brother. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. That's, that felt weird not giving you a hug. I know. I know. <laughs> Super good to have you on, bro. It's been a while. I think I think we did the first one, but that was a test run. That was a warm-up run. Yeah. And now we're here live. And, and now we are here live. Yeah. Feels really good. It does, especially in your space. It's cool being back up in LA. It's a bit of a trip, especially because you're in the same building we used to live just across the hall. Yeah, that was a little bit of a change up, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just had to do it. I mean, I got double the space um, for the same price here in Santa Monica. So renter's environment over COVID and, you know, I had to come back home. <laughs> I know it. And I love the fact that since we're, you go up the same, same staircase, yeah. did, is it true that one night after being out, you stumbled into the whole department? Yeah. <laughs> it was within like three weeks of, of moving into this apartment. I wasn't fully there yet. Yeah, I went out with Chad, who's been on the podcast, and Danny, that's going to be on the podcast here shortly. And it was weird because we were out to dinner, and it felt like it felt like the old days, like six months ago when we lived together. Right? Yeah. And I, I came back home, and I ran up the stairs like I typically did with a few glasses of wine, and I went straight into the old apartment, and I walked in. I'm like, whoa, this is not my apartment. <laughs> Got to turn left instead of right. Absolutely crazy. But that's all. That nobody was in there though, right? Uh, I didn't see anybody, but I later found out that they had heard something and they got kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I love the space. It's a great vibe, especially this room here, your creative room. And it's it's cool to see. Like, I love seeing all the all of your art that's up all around mm. in the in your home and, and seeing some of the ones that I have as like centerpieces in my home. And you've gotten your art into quite a few people's homes now, huh? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I appreciate that compliment and I still have a hard time receiving those compliments um, just because I, I had historically taken photos for fun, but it was such an honor for someone to reach out to, to have it printed and I enjoy printing it too. 
obviously I keep, it keeps the cost low to not buying 200, $300 pieces of art, but it's also means life. I'm able to, yeah, even some of Howie's work too, which is great. Yeah, totally. I see. I made the cut up here too for this one. Yeah. Yeah. This, this little three piece right here. That's the three pieces. Nice photo. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I, I love it though, especially because like I've, I've, I feel like I've had a front seat at watching you foster your creativity in so many different ways and then find the right way that you could plug it in with photography and really taking a liking to photography. And yeah. I mean, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about this, but it's been so cool to see somebody put in the reps and just get better and better and better and stay, stay consistent and stay deliberately focused on getting better at something and building the skill to the point where you're able to sell pieces of art and you're being hired as a photographer. Take me a little bit through that. Cause I, I mean, it's, it's so cool for me to see from my perspective. Do you see that growth? I see it. And as I was just like reflecting on, on growth prior to this podcast, it's always, it was a great reflection just yeah. to go through my journals. And I've, I've picked up on that after you just having, having documentation of, of life is, is super powerful. And some thoughts that I used to have about photography four years ago mm. to where I am today is absolutely incredible. And I remember buying my first camera and this is also another thing I took after you. I went to go travel Vietnam after mm -hmm. school and I, I was like, I don't wanna take my cell phone everywhere I go and I wanna be in the moment. I'm just gonna buy a camera. And I bought a camera then, I was 2016 and little did I know how much I would actually love the, the joy of that, that shutter click and then going through hundreds of photos and editing and just having so much fun with it. So that was, that was the first step. And then it wasn't until years later when I moved out to California, I realized that this could be something bigger, but I had no idea what it, what it could be. And I still, I still don't have any. Right. And that's the, that's part of just picking up the breadcrumbs. But, um, I think a big thing of it out here was we'd go to the beach on a weekend, a Saturday or Sunday, or we uh, go hiking, whatever it might be. And I'd bring my camera and I'd document it for the boys and whoever we were with. Strictly and for I, the boys. Yeah, strictly for the boys. And I'd I send a picture, I send a, like a, basically an album to the group on that Sunday evening. And I, hearing everyone's responses was like, oh my God, these are sick. Like, I wanted to do more of that. And I, I felt that and I, I kept on nurturing that and I kept on journaling. It's like, I want to do photography longer term. Like, how can I, how can I create more value doing this way? And then the final piece that kind of like propelled it all was, was last year I had a buddy or colleague and a buddy reach out and say, Hey, I'm moving apartments. I really want to print your pictures. Cause at the time and still today, I'm pretty active on social of just posting my photos, my landscape photos. And he says, I want to, I want to print one of them. And I said, what do you mean you want to print one of them? Like, I could, again, was not able to receive that compliment. It was such a compliment. And it was that moment I was like, I could, I could do this on a larger scale and we mm. could dive into what that looked like. Yeah. But today, fast forward to that, I've, over a year later, I've sold probably close to 150 prints. <laughs> Amazing, man. Yeah. That's so, so cool. And I totally know that feeling of, of someone who's a photographer also, of like when you capture a moment mm -hmm. and then you deliver that to somebody yeah. and they're just like, they, they get back in the feels of reliving that moment. It's a powerful vehicle. It's mm. a powerful mechanism photograph is. Mm. It's beautiful. I love it from the landscape, from a portrait. And I'm like, I'm just being a yes man right now. Anytime someone needs a gig or someone needs some help, anything creative photography, like I've been so willing just to say yes for that, mm -hmm. that little hit of dopamine. I, it's been absolutely crazy. So cool. And and the yeses have been compounding and have led you to some gigs, some opportunities you probably could never have planned for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once I had the vision two years ago, and this is what I was molding on. It's like, if I can continue to rep a brand and image of a photography and just own it, that's the biggest shift. It's just whatever you're passionate about, if you can just own it and tell yourself you are, because a lot of people have fear around just actually owning it. Be like, I'm not good enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. And it's powerful language. But if you could say, I am a photographer and I'm passionate about this and I can create value for people, that, that was the shift. And I knew that if I could do that years ago and continue to continue that with my language, uh, it was only just going to come to fruition in a matter of time. And when I was being more active on social media, people were realizing and then people were reaching out and then I started working with brands. Um, so now I'm not just doing landscape photography. I'm, I'm helping brands create their image and we're doing lifestyle and product photography with, for a few different brands. Actually, one of them is Wet Hydration. You're drinking That's right. right here. Good stuff. Um, Shout out to Wet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been great. I, I, you said something really, really profound there. I think that when you can start to just own yeah. that that passion or that part of you mm. the doors start opening like i feel like a lot of people a lot of us we like to have these like closeted hobbies basically or passions that we have but mm -hmm. and and maybe hoping to have a break with them or hoping that something somebody notices but i saw that shit for you too but 
what, what what was the process like for you to really start to own that to go like oh i'm just someone who takes pictures to like i want like i'm passionate about photography and i want to get that out there mm -hmm. it started with something a little bit bigger than myself i mean i remember the first time i sold canvases for profit was not necessarily for like i made a profit but i donated all the profits so I ups like I took the cost and I upsold the the canvas to 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 create a, a margin and then I I donated the proceeds I donated five hundred dollars to uh, a camp here Camp Ubuntu right the Harold Robinson Foundation that's great exactly yeah I sold twenty prints five hundred dollars straight profit amazing to it. and that felt really good so it started there um, and then then from there it it just continued to grow where I felt that I could continue to sustain this mm. and. Um, the biggest thing for me was surrounding myself with a group of people that supported me and saw it in me before I saw it in myself and told me to keep on going. And I, I was, I held myself accountable by setting like weekly objectives of what I can do. So it's a creative hobby, but you still, with my business mindset, mm -hmm. my, my business background, I'm able to keep, I'm able to keep myself accountable and kind of structured that way, which the, the fusion between the creativity and the analytical, like helped me a lot of like yeah. staying on track. It's all about consistency, right? You know, this with the podcast. Yeah. Just continue to continue to create and then it'll compound over time and you'll have something, something pretty beautiful. Totally. Yeah. And I like the idea of using your passion for good in a way like you started. It's it's people are always I found at least that people are always super willing to support things that are going to good cause and support mm -hmm. passion. It takes the edge off of like, oh, this is about me or like I love how you said this is about a cause bigger than myself. So that gave you basically proof of concept that people are willing to buy like create a purchase for something that you have yeah. and there's a value exchange there and then you have that proof of concept you start building momentum and then you're off to the races mm -hmm. right yeah man yeah it was great and then you, you you asked the question about like what was it like to like change identity a little bit like fully own that identity for yourself yeah it was tough at first and it actually hit like a little bit of like identity crisis lately I, i've been going for like eight months of consistent pushing out content re relating to to canvases and i i had some more fear creeping back up of just like owning it right it's so normal just to get off track uh, a bit and, and, and second guess um but the the biggest thing for me was just like you have one identity for for me it was 24 years i was riding Puzzatello, um and i i did xyz from a corporate standpoint and yeah you know this was my life portrayed on social media which is always skewed right um but then i i fully transformed it into something else and anytime i caught up with people from cleveland which is where i'm from or my family like everyone was talking about photo and i was having a hard time i was like is that what i want to be talking about right mm. now um and I, it is. It just it was a hard, it was a hard shift of 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 changing that identity for me being so far away from people. That's the first thing we talk about when when we catch up. Um, but it's the good and the bad. It's the ebb and the flow. Right. And I love I love being in flow when I'm not working my day job and not working my career job. Right. And uh, that's that's a huge part of it. Yeah, I love that. And I want to I want to talk about that. And I, I can relate to that also from the podcast standpoint as soon as i launched the podcast i'm like well i guess i'm i guess my instagram is gonna be full of podcast clips now yeah. and and it, at first it's like a little weird to make that shift you're a little bit worried what are people gonna think are people gonna unfollow me and then you just act yeah. you know jump first fear later type of thing and you just kind of get into it and then it just becomes part of the consistency but there there is something powerful when you actually start to own that people see that and people want to support absolutely i feel like i'm always impressed by people who like People want to support people who are doing things they're passionate about and who are doing things that they love. And they want to see them like they want to see them succeed. Most people, right? Yeah. Your real, your friends, oh, yeah. they want to see you succeed. So you, like, if you take that first step to own it, then I'm always shocked at the, the reciprocity that happens and how it's received from mm -hmm. people. Did you find that when you made that shift? Absolutely. I was I was having people from all walks of life. Any any anytime like anytime I interacted with anyone in my life. There was an opportunity for them to reach out and say, hey, I'm just moved or, hey, I got a white wall or, hey, like, I really love what you're doing and I want to support. And that that was just as powerful as just my art being in someone's home, reconnecting with someone I hadn't talked to in a while. And you can tell that they're watching. Yeah. Um, so that's it's people cool. notice. Yeah, people notice. Yeah, that's what we do all day. We notice. OK, so as I'm sitting here talking to you, Rylan Pizzatello, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing the surfboard in the back, the beautiful pictures on the wall, photographer, photography, the plant like. I feel like I'm in a creative studio with a professional photographer, which I am. <laughs> but that's not the full picture. That's not the full identity of Ryland Puzzatello. Mm -hmm. 
it's so funny to see the contrast by daytime and i see personally how they are really the same thing for you but to see the contrast by daytime you're you're a pretty badass corporate worker like you know what i'm saying you are our numbers guy you are a finance wizard working at a top firm doing some real things managing some real money like tell me a little bit about that role as much as you can talk about and then tell me a little bit about the balance of of both the photography the creative and the analytical pursuits yeah absolutely i appreciate that it's been it's been so much fun fusing together um stability and 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 purpose on my day job with with supplementary income and also just passion and creativity and in in the side job and the biggest thing for me was just like how can i find as much purpose and find as much flow as possible in my life and purpose comes in the day job it comes in comes in my weekend and night job and and flow that's where flow really comes in it's just like i'm always locked in and i'm engaging in active leisure it's not necessarily like sitting watching netflix when i'm when i'm after work or or always um doing those types of things so that's that's one beautiful thing about it but Mm -hmm. the other thing is just from a from a day job point of view i work in investments for dimensional fund advisor it's a it's a mutual fund provider um and a lot of people might be familiar with it from their 401ks um it's just an investment offering on on a platform like that or if you have a financial advisor they they might be using it um but that's that's the gist of of the day job and i find it super purposeful because um we help people create and sustain wealth and create a financial plan we work with financial advisors that do that um but i'm super passionate about that don't need to go into too big of yeah. details yeah 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 but the re- the way i got into that industry was not how i ever intended to get into it and that's a whole sto- story story <laughs> for itself um but yeah yeah i i think that you and i we, we might we might venture down to the santa monica pier concerts into that story because i think it's so great of how yeah. just the flow of everything works but uh, I, I feel like the 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 power of the side hustle is so especially in the remote age right now that we're living in when a lot of people have actually gotten more time. We all want more time freedom, but not a lot of us have thought about what are we going to do with that time? Just because you have more time is not yeah. necessarily a good thing. It's like, what are you going to be able to channel that with? And you mm-hmm. clearly have something where you can channel your time, your free time into. And it's this beautiful, creative side hustle that brings you flow. Mm-hmm. Uh what what do you think about like how do you think about that side hustle for yourself and what do you think the potential is for other people with side hustles or passions on the side if you're passionate about something and you have any fear around it that's normal and i I think that's that's the biggest thing is but pick up the breadcrumb that you're passionate about something and what is that and just write about it and and feel it and do it more and notice why you're doing it and i think that's a big thing it's like Focus on the why, like, why do you want to take this test or why do you want to, why do you want to start this side hustle or why do you want to get into this organization? And if you, if you can really clarify the why everything else takes care of itself, because I don't know, you know, you like this quote, Einstein is this quote, it's like preparation opportunities where good fortune happens at that, it's at, it's at that intersection. And I think that's a lot of like the manifestation process of just like writing what you want and why you want it. And over time that that kind of comes into a reality. Um, but what was the yeah. question? Yeah, and I love that. And what 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 potential do you think it has for other people? The, the, the same concept that you've applied to your life? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of opportunity just to to create a passion and monetize it if you want, or if you just want to make it more of a legit thing that brings you joy, you can do that too. It's it, it works both sides. Um, for me, as time went on, it was like. I want to be able to have financial freedom. Um, and what is financial freedom? Financial freedom means something different for everyone else. Um, but for me, it's it's to be able to own a home and to be able to support my family when I'm older and be the best father that I could possibly be. Um, and those are the things that I keep near and near to my heart. It might be coming up sooner than I thought, or it might be you know thirty years down the line. I don't I don't know what my goals specifically are. I don't focus too much on that, but I, I focus on being able to be financially free, make mm-hmm. decisions out of purpose, not fear. Um, especially when it comes to when it comes to money. And I think having a supplementary income on top of a salary helps with that. Yeah. Um, and I noticed you're talking a lot about feeling, like yeah. stepping into the feeling of 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 a profitable side hustle or the feeling of health if you're mm-hmm. if you're you know not healthy yeah w- tell me more about that focus on on intention and on feeling and mapping that out <laughs> absolutely feelings everything like you have e plus r equals oh you know this and this is something that's um 
it's out there in the public domain that a lot of people focus on. It's event plus response equals outcome. When you have an event in your life, the outcome is dependent on your response. And um, there's several examples in my life that... Give me one. Um, I, I can just relate it back to you know, my back pain, I've slipped my disc five times. And that's been super, that's been super challenging for me. Um, fighting like something that you take for granted every day is you're being able to walk, surf, run, look, work out, do whatever you want, like sit in a chair. I couldn't sit in a chair for, for weeks on end, months on end for in my life because of my back pain. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, um, another opportunity is just in a job. If you want to focus on, on my day job a little bit more, there's there's a few different opportunities. Uh, I've been dimensional ever since I graduated college. And there's a few different times where um, I wanted to you know change roles within the company. And it might have not happened the first time. I had a couple different interviews that might have not happened the first time. And I, I was told no because X, Y, Z. And it was a super introvert, introverted role that I was in. I wanted to work more with people and in the in the client group. And I was originally told no because of X, Y, Z. And that one hurt. And I was like pretty beat up about it. Um, I, I didn't really get the point of I want to quit. It was just had to, to really shift my focus. And you, you helped me a lot with that too. It's like, okay, you got this, you had this response um, to this event. And now we're going to focus on everything that you still do have. And that was a big shift. And that was that response shift. And then fast forward two years later, I mean, uh, a similar event happened in the role um, where where I was told no for something again, and um, I was beat up about it, and I was affecting the way I showed up at work. It was affecting my attitude. It was affecting a lot of things, and I was like, I don't like the, how this feels, but I, I, I want to change. And you helped me think, think through of like all the positives about what I currently have at my job and how it is allowing me to do the things I need to do at the job, but also create this supplemental income and creativity. And that was a huge shift for me too. It's like. There's so much beauty. I mean, I'm living in Santa Monica with my beautiful girlfriend and, and my best friends and life is so beautiful. And those are the things I should be focusing on. Like you asked me, when's the last time you went to the ocean? And I'm like, shit, I haven't been to the ocean in weeks. And like, get back to the basics, Ryle. And, and then sure enough, it was downstream from there. I was I was loving life again after these few conversations that we had. It was just a basic shift, a basic shift in my reaction. And I was feeling good. And sure enough, I got what I wanted both times. Just a little bit of patience, mm. a little bit of consistency. Two months later, I got that, or it was five months later, I got that new role. Three months later, uh, some people left and I got promoted. There was all these things that is just that patience and consistency and that mindset shift. That was huge. Amazing. And those things and what I found, this is the game of life, in my opinion. But what I found is that when you can make those internal shifts, mm. the shifts of focus, the shifts of mindset, the shifts of response to the outside things that are happening, mm. then the outside things start to change. Absolutely. Right. Have you found that, too? Did you Did that experience teach you that? It's perspective. Yeah, it's perspective. Um, you can internalize or you can kind of re reorient that and focus on what you have and then everything else everything else becomes easier but i, I will caveat that just from like a, a corporate point of view i found a lot of value in just doing the thing like the things that you can control right and maybe people get introduced to this maybe they don't but it's just like show up on time have a good attitude be a team player ask good questions and just like be excited. But a lot of that comes with like a purposeful role. So I and challenge people to find a role, um, a career that they're purposeful about. But if you can have that and you can have those attributes, I think it makes a really good team player um, and it makes work a lot more fun. And I remember that was something that you always were doing in that corporate environment. Like you were you were focusing on the things that you can control. And that's what allowed you ultimately to pivot into the different side of the business the different team yeah. which is a lot more aligned with with who you are and what you've been wanting to do but you know you you had the opportunity the foot in the door to get into this cool company and you did that and you just showed up with the things you can control so what, what tell me a little bit more about those things i think i remember you were talking about being in the elevator with the ceo or some high level person and like introducing yourself shaking his hand or yeah. something just like the little things like what are some of those little things that people can implement into their job even if they are not fully aligned with the role like mm -hmm. and how does that how how will that help them in the future hmm. i think being just open and up and being open and vulnerable is it depends on the it depends on the environment now this might be biased to my organization that sure. i love so much and i think the biggest thing is just is just asking good questions and being having good attitude but also like being um inquisitive i think 
something for me, well, this will translate into the story and how I originally got dimensional. So I was in a business fraternity and take a few steps back. Josh let's, went, let's rewind it back. Josh and I went to the same university in Miami University. Yep. And at Miami, we're in, we were in the same fraternity and we, um, we had different paths. Uh, he went, you know, you did your thing after sophomore yep. year and went to San Fran and I joined a business fraternity and I became very laser focused on my career. I was like, okay, I don't have a resume right now. How can I make my resume better? And uh, what internships can I get? What organizations can I join, etc. cetera? Um, I took a few internships. One was in corporate finance. One was in public accounting. Um, and the last one was in public accounting. And I realized both of those things, the quick message was, I did not want to do either one of those things, even though I had a finance degree. And I was like, what's next? Um, so I went and traveled a lot um, while I was still in college. I, I remember taking trips to Salt Lake City for my first time. I studied abroad in China. I did a solo trip to Vietnam. I went out to California for the first time. And that was, you guys have heard this message before on the podcast, but uh, long story short, Josh sent a text message out and he's like, hey, who wants to come to Santa Monica? Uh, I'm not coming back to school my senior year. And we weren't that close admittedly so. And I booked that trip immediately. I was like, I want to go out to California for the first time. I want to spend time with this with this dude that I've always looked up to and uh, and see where it takes us. So booked that trip for the first time to California. And uh, I had just told Deloitte two weeks prior that I didn't want to come back on the returning offer for internship. And um, I, I wanted to start fresh my, my senior year for recruiting. And with that, I went out there, just an open mind, and we went to a, a concert where we brought a, a few bottles of wine that night that I landed in Los Angeles. We went out to this concert. That was the night you came. That was the night we came. We went to the Pier concert, which they're guessing they don't do Wednesday. anymore. It was a Wednesday night, yeah. summer night in August. We went to the Pier concert, and we forgot a wine opener. Once we got down there, we realized we did not have a wine opener. We we're like, how are we going to open these bottles of wine at this free concert? Sure enough, there was... 300 other groups that were there doing the same thing. So we found someone that had a wine opener and um, we uh, we sparked conversation with them. And this is all coming back to the story of just like, ask good questions. I was asking them questions about what they did. I was super interested. They said they worked in finance and I had a notebook at the time and I wrote down uh, the name of their company and I didn't look back at it until uh, October, four months later. But what you did do at that point while you were out here was realize I want to be out here. Yeah. I want to come out here. I want to find a way to be out here. I want to be swimming. I remember we went down to the to the ocean. I want to be swimming in these Pacific Ocean waves. Like I want to learn how to surf. I want to I want to be I want to be out here. Dude, I had entire not only a physical notebook, but an, I saw my notes app like three pages worth of quotes and inspirations like golf 365, perfect weather, farmers market, yoga, like this feels so good. So it felt so good that I went home to my my parents in Cleveland, Ohio, and they were thought and my grandparents, they thought I was crazy. Yeah. And I was like, I went home. And I said, I'm moving to California. And they said, how? I said, I don't know. And and sure enough, I was just feeling I felt it. I fe it felt so good that I was like, I'm moving there. But I had no idea. Um, you knew what you wanted. You knew why you wanted it. Yeah. You didn't know how the heck it was going to happen. No idea. But you stayed focused on the what. You stayed focused on the why. Yeah. And, and then was, what happened? And I was open. And I was open to the idea that it's still, despite roadblocks, I was open to the idea of still making it out there. You had some roadblocks. You were getting, right? You, yeah. I remember you calling me in like the jobs that you thought were surefire, you know, your fallback jobs, if you will. You were getting denied left and right, right? After that August trip, I went home and I was laser focused at career fair. I took every job interview I could take in in uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, in Pittsburgh, in Chicago, I think I had eight to 10 interviews, would make it to the final round, and I cut, cut from every single one. Every single one, not single one gave me a job offer. I would have taken it. I would not be here right now if they gave me a job offer. If just one it. of them gave you a job offer. Yeah, I don't care. I would have taken, I taken Key Bank, PNC, literally anything. And, and what's the funny thing in hindsight is like, you were a great candidate for all of those roles. Like it's shocking that you didn't get a job offer from any one of them. Process. Process. <laughs> Process. That's all I that's all I can say about that. It was it, it is competitive because yeah. after after the interns accept their offers, there's limited spots and a right. lot of people that want jobs. So I had to get creative. And I was like, you know, reflecting it. I still want to move to California. I have no idea how this is going to be possible. I was using LinkedIn. I was looking at people that had mutual connections to Miami, Ohio. I was doing all these different things to get creative. And I was open up my notebook and I see dimensional asset management from the trip out to you from the people that we met at the pier. And because we forgot the wine opener. Because we forgot the wine opener. And I Googled the company. I was like, this is sick. I didn't know what this was. I didn't even know this was the thing. And I was like, 
We'll see if they have any jobs. They had one job listed entry level in Santa Monica as an analyst. And I was like, well, I'll apply. Three weeks go by, crickets. Didn't hear anything. This was the beginning of October. Three weeks go by, crickets. And then I reached out to you. It was like October 27th. Uh, yeah. You could look at the email. Yeah, like, it was Halloween. Do you still keep in touch with Chelsea and Sarah and crew? And he's like, dude, I'm going to a pumpkin carving party tonight with them. At their house. <laughs> and that, that, was, that was it. He, I was like, dude, get their email. I need their email. I replied to their company. I haven't heard back. Sure enough, Josh comes back 24 hours later. Here's the email. 48 hours later, I'm on the phone with Chelsea, just networking, catching up, reminding her who I am, um, and just just connecting. Like, why why am I calling her out out of random, right? And she was. I'm fortunate enough that she saw the potential in me when I basically didn't see it myself. And she's like, I'm going to put my neck on the line for this kid. I'm going to give him. I want to get him a first round phone interview. And then from there, I had you know seven interviews, and I flew out. I flew out to Los Angeles from Oxford, Ohio, for final rounds of. I studied for that for like an exam, like 80 hours. And, and before you finish the story where everybody knows where this is going, yeah. I remember when I first brought it up and I and, and and Chelsea said, yeah, I mean, that's good. He applied. Like, I'll reach out and see what the see what the deal is. Like, to be honest, it's super competitive because we have, you know, we have offices in, in Texas, too. Right. We've got offices, Texas, Charlotte, Char Char yeah. Texas and Charlotte and the Santa Monica office is on Ocean Avenue with an ocean view. Like, it's yeah. the most desirable location. It's super competitive. It usually like there's only one spot. It's most likely to go to a previous intern or somebody some else's transfer here, yeah. or some local here. Like, it's really competitive, yeah. but like we'll still I'll still have a conversation with them. So when she came back to me like that, I was like, ah, oh, this 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 doesn't seem very promising, but hey, let's explore it. So then six phone interviews later, you fly out for your final round of interviews. Yeah, it's put me back in it. It's like this is such a pivotal. This is such like dinner at Sugarfish the night yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, you guys blessed me before the interview. You guys knew I was locked in. I remember sitting up at that that penthouse eating breakfast overlooking the office overlooking the ocean i was like this isn't real like i shouldn't be here right now like what am i doing like i'm way over my head i'm gonna get grilled in these interviews like oh but i was able to fight through those fears it's always fighting through fears went in had those interviews and i got the job long story short i got the job yeah. and i was moving across california december 2nd i found out my senior year of college this is the only job offer i had and i went back to my parents i said mom and dad i told you i'm moving to california this is like, I don't have a choice. This is the only offer I have. It's probably the best offer I probably was going to get. But like, yeah. This is my only one. <laughs> and I was, I was oh, so man. stoked to come join the boys, have Chad, Danny, everyone move out here. Little did I know that my girlfriend was going to move out two years later that I didn't have at the time. Right. <laughs> um, just that sequence of events of everyone's lives just kind of fall into place. There's the stories go on, but I'm so yeah. grateful. I'm so grateful. Unbelievable, man. I got chills. I get chills every time you tell that story. And it really is really is remarkable and i think a couple things worth highlighting is one like you pre I, you prepared your butt off for that interview like you were you knew the ins and outs you were ready for any curveball and you put in the work and then i also think that something i mean now we can see it being on the hiring side of things and yeah. being at a stage in our career where we hire people yeah. but you wanted it and you were hungry and you you showed that you wanted it and you you came across with passion i remember mm -hmm. when you were you know you were doing a role play with me or something or you were telling me a bit about your game plan like that like explaining the story of how you got here at every stage of the way, like mm -hmm. helped build that connection. And and yeah. people want to hire people that want to be there. And it was so clear that you wanted to be here so badly and you were going to give it all. Yeah. Is there anything else around that approach that, that you remember? Well, yeah, preparation was huge. I knew the company in, in and out, read every, every, anything I get my hands out, I read. And that was huge preparation, asking good questions, but yeah, being relatable, and connecting on a personal level like people use like you go to a barber like you're gonna go to the barber that you like talking to or if you go to the dentist like you go to someone you trust or even if like you know you go into a, a local restaurant you're like you want to go to the place where the people are welcoming and you enjoy like the servers and that's the same thing in a service or product-based business like people want to do business with or people want to have friends with the people that they like so if you can find some type of especially if you're in a relationship type business, like if you can find some middle ground with a, a stranger, then people, people's walls immediately break down. They're willing to like trust you more and they're willing to have those better conversations. You're really willing to have more rapport. And that's something I'm realizing over time. And I'm wanting to like, like lean into that. more. Mm. Like consider yourself unique, Josh, you are unique. What, what's unique about you? I can go, <laughs> I can make a freaking huge list mm -hmm. that makes you unique and own it. 
and people people will see that and ask good questions you relate and you're gonna have that's why you your phone's always buzzing that's why you gotta turn your phone off on saturday you got too many people hitting you up <laughs> you got way too many people hitting you up you're just like i need my i need my self-isolation time i know all seriousness just find that common ground yeah that's super great man yeah that story is so good on so many levels from just the surrendering to the flow of it but like i mean you can't make it up man you cannot make that up you were just so and i love looking back at the emails you had you had printed out at one point on your wall of just like the emails highlighted of just uh, you were sending me emails i don't know how but i know i'm going to be out there in the pacific ocean i'm visualizing it every single day i don't know how but i'm going to be doing this and i think that when you can pair like in my opinion this is what real manifestation is it's it's pairing that focus on your intention and your what like yeah. what and why yeah. and and then it's going out and it's following the breadcrumbs it's actually taking the action required necessary yeah. this this doesn't happen you don't quote unquote manifest this by just sitting in your room in ohio visualizing this mm -hmm. but you, it happened from a combination of that yeah. and the actual work and yeah. and seeing the opportunity preparing for it reaching out yeah. you could have easily not reached out to me to go see if i was still in touch with these people at all yeah. oh it's gone Absolutely. there's so many steps along the way where we could have stopped and then how we every step like the the other big part that i love about this is that the things that seemingly were like crappy that happened mm -hmm. were essential to the story we started with us forgetting the wine opener that was yeah. a crappy thing oh crap we forgot the wine opener yeah. the oh crap moments yeah. led to the foundation that was necessary for the story to happen yeah, man. crap we forgot the wine opener and then crap i got i didn't get a single job offer mm -hmm. right like yeah. those two big oh crap those moments were, were everything those were horrible Oh, not to mention, yeah, no, I don't even get into not it. Not to mention what? Let's get into it. No, it's it, it's not part of the story. It's 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 details. That, there's other good stuff to talk about. Yeah, but that is that is huge. Yeah, that is huge. Is picking up the breadcrumbs, course corrections. You talk about all the time. It's like this happened. Um, a lot of people would be like, "Ah, oh, this happened. This sucks. This sucks. This sucks." Sit on it for weeks. This sucks. This sucks. Where if you're able to shift it real quick you'll be going downstream. You'll be like, okay, this is this, if this didn't happen now, this is going to happen. I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to rub shoulders with this person. I'm going to have this conversation and now look at where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking forever, you, one of you, not necessarily in my lens. But yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different, uh, yeah. Testimonies now that, that see that it's beautiful. I love that. Um, tell me a little bit more about the insights that you came to and that you've grown through your healing process with your back because i know that was a big talk about like an oh crap moment like that was a big that was a big thing that was that was really hindering you and i know you were going through a lot of growth with that and you seemingly got to a great place like tell me a little bit more about like what that why that happened for you yeah i'm trying to think of like where to start with this and i want to keep it as tight and concise as possible but like when you have a functioning body to a hundred percent and and that hundred percent dwindles down to fifty percent capacity because your back is your spine it's the reason it's your spine it's your foundation it right you go and like support it's support right and when that breaks down like everything everything breaks down like i was not in a good headspace i was crying on the daily i was why me why me why me like falling victim mentality like things that lit me up surfing golfing um working out getting a sweat like couldn't do any of it and um just looking for band-aid solutions like i'll do anything to go get another mri i'll do anything to get another steroid pack to reduce inflammation i'll do anything for a doctor's advice screw it i should just got surgery i said multiple times so just like super victim mentality and this was like a recurring cycle like what would happen is i'd heal up for a year and then i'd go think i'd go to a, like a f45 workout class or like some high intensity interval class be doing like kettlebell swings with 45 pounds like an idiot because that's what everyone else is doing thinking i can do it and then sure enough i'm on the floor like excruciating pain knowing that i have another four to five month recovery if that uh, could be longer and that happened like five times mm. over it was the course of a couple of years for you yeah from like 2015 to last time it happened was luckily over a year and a half ago shout out to how she's got the most amazing workout program and i don't have to touch a weight over 15 pounds let's go to stay in shape and that was the biggest realization for me but like before that i was screwing around with heavy weight that i had no business screwing around with and like i would put myself prone to injury and i wouldn't have good form and so the, the biggest thing for me was this lat this last time was right around when COVID was happening um 
it was actually end of 2019. I healed up. Actually, I was able to heal myself through through steroid pack and physical therapy. But then I went out to the ocean. I wasn't fully healed after ski trip too. I don't know how I skied after that. I was fully healed in January. Um, and then I went out to the ocean like late January after that ski trip thinking I was perfect and the huge wave took me out and I was back where I was. And I was like, I just had a four month recovery. Now I'm back at square one. I was like, just listen to your body, Rylan. I was pissed. I had so much anger and hate and trauma and I was keeping all of that energy. It's like pain is just energy in motion. I was keeping it all in my lower back and it was affecting my relationships with everybody. It was affecting relationships at work. I couldn't sit in a chair. It was affecting relationships at home with my friends and my girlfriend and just like everything was everything was ass backwards and I was so sad. I was such such a deep place and I luckily you re reached reached out and referred me back to Sophia, which is a physical therapist, but what do I know? She's just like a Socrates, like a saint that helps you through like any situation that you're going through. Like she not only is giving you like the touch that you need and like working through some things in your back physically, um, but she's also that emotional support and just like asking questions about childhood. I was like, why are you asking about my childhood? Like, why are we going into this? And it's just that resistance that she saw. It's like, we need to dig into this, dude. It's like, you got unhealed, unhealed pain. You got, you got stored energy down here that needs to be freed. You, like, you need to tap back into who you are. And that was the biggest thing. She's like, recommended this book to me, Healing Back Pain. And this is when it all came together. It's like, the mind and body are not separate. The mind and body are one. Mm. And that, that's when, that's when the biggest shifts for me, like, I started working with her. She, we had one in-person session. She had me in tears in five minutes, um, working through like emotional trauma and just like working through some things. And then from there, um, COVID happened. It was just like March 12th. I saw her March 16th, couldn't see her because COVID, <laughs> crazy times. And then it was all virtual from there. I had some resistance around that, but just leaned in and said, I'm a, I'm a by trust. And uh, sure enough, we had like three three sessions over the course of three or four weeks. It was an eight week program, mm -hmm. and within week three, because all this, because how much space she held for me and how, the conversations we were having, and then also the exercises she was doing on a, on a spiritual front, like a journaling front, the prompts that she was giving me, like worked through it all. I was running again in four weeks. It was crazy. I was craziest thing in the world, just by like opening up, being vulnerable with someone that you like don't really know. And I think that's like a case study for therapy too. It's like, I don't do it and probably should just because she was a therapist straight up, like yeah. physical, but also emotional and just talk through your shit. Everyone's got, everyone's dealing mm -hmm. with something. Mm -hmm. you know? Amazing. Big insights, bro. And, and I think that going off of that, I, I'm very grateful and fortunate that we, we had that with each other to some extent. I mean, it's always great having that with professionals in certain ways, but like we had that, I mean, I remember in 14, 18, our, in the first apartment, we all lived together. We would, we would sit, we would do tea time, like oh, yeah. at least once a week, twice a week, maybe three times a week where we would sit on the floor because we didn't have a furniture. table, but furniture, but we would sit on the floor, brew, exactly. Look at us now. We would brew the tea and we would just sit around and we would just have, everybody would share and we would do it again for Shabbat dinner on Friday nights, but everybody would just share like, what's up? Like, how are, how are you? Like actually answering the question, how are you? How was your week? Like what's going on? And to be able to have that space to, to share like the highs, the lows and the real talk of like what's going on and what the feels are and the yeah. challenges to be able to voice that with a group who supports you and can provide insight as a sounding board. I mean, that that's the, that, the proof is in the pudding obviously, but yeah. that, that, that was like such a supportive element that I think uh, enabled all of us to continuously grow and be successful in all of our respective pursuits. Dude, there's certain things and Sage goes on about this too. And there's, there's some natural highs in this life. Like you don't, you don't need to resort to drugs or alcohol. Unfortunately, a lot of people do. And, but there's certain things you can do that are natural. And that's one of them is just being vulnerable with friends. Like, mm. Let's make that on a t-shirt, like get vulnerable. <laughs> if you can open up and talk about your true feelings, like I'm, then you just feel so free. Like you feel literally 40 pounds lighter after you just get that off your chest or like you had a shitty week and it's like this happened or like you had a great week. This happened. It's like I need you to hear and you guys are actually listening. You're not on your phones. Like this is amazing. There's that's a high. You create something like that. <laughs> yeah, bro. I love that, man. <laughs> yeah, that's you're it. Here with this is what you're doing. But that's it, man. And I, I think the journal is the like the first extension of that. It is. It's it's the first way of like, I mean, I love my journal for that too. It's like it listens. It's always listening to me. Yeah. And it will listen as much as I want to sit there or as little as I want to. But yeah. but taking that a step further, when you 
writing is one thing. And then when you, there's something about the spoken word, when you speak and you can actually like say things that you never have said before, things that you wouldn't plan on saying, there is such a weight that comes off of that and support in that like, Hey, from a psych psychological level, I'm being vulnerable. I'm sharing my vulnerability and my community is still accepting me. Absolutely. So my life's not in danger. Words and vocalizing that was a huge part of the so like what sophie and i did was just like affirmations but like non-affirmations not affirmations are just written it's like get in front of the mirror like face yourself and mm. say, i am happy i am healthy i am free of pain i live my life with ease like that was that was my mantra for Beautiful. those three weeks and then i would do that in the morning in the mirror i would do that in an ice cold shower i would like i would suffer it and just repeat this mantra. It's like, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm free of pain. I live my life with ease. And that's an, I think that's a mm. mantra from, from Sage. I think that is, so. yeah. And it's just, it's, it's so good. And the key there is I am. Whatever you want, you are. Like, just, just use that language, right? It's really good. Step into it. Yeah, my, the big thing, and, and Dr. Sophia helped me with a, a lot as well, um, emotionally and, and physically through certain, through different injuries and pain. And, um, and mine, what I returned to when I was, climbing a mountain in iceland mm-hmm. three weeks after tearing my mcl in a skiing accident Damn, like the, the 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 mantra that i was kept repeating every step of the way i'm strong i'm healthy i'm capable i'm strong i'm healthy i'm capable mm-hmm. and just feeding your body that feeding your mind that the the results and the return on that unbelievable unbelievable dude you've had you've had a lot of trauma yourself too and i'm so grateful that you saw her first dude you're such a leader you're such a leader you're always you're you're always like you know 10 steps ahead of me and i'll gratefully admit it (laughs) always on not everything though not everything that's right and and certain things and then the other things that you're 10 steps ahead of me and i'm like let's go which is what makes a relationship relationship and what makes a real relationship is valuable yeah bro yeah you're a good friend i love you dog i love you bro amen it goes both ways that's why we're here man that's right so that's that's great and um uh, the mind body connection is is a real powerful takeaway from that for yeah. me also of just understanding the connection between the two and how those that's what your body was trying to teach you i feel like with all those past times it's like screaming at you it's like yeah but but and, and to your other note too of being 10 steps ahead it's like I, I feel like for me i just lead with that vulnerability and wanting to and being committed to the work. And that's something that I really admire about you is that you're always committed to the work, committed to the process, whatever that might be, whether you're studying for an exam to pass a, a crazy exam where you're going to study for 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week for, yeah. or you're going to be committed to the work of developing yourself as a photographer mm-hmm. or to the work of your healing work, doing your exercises and your stretches, like you're committed to the work. Is that is that just kind of pivoting off that? Is that work ethic? Is that something that you've developed? Is that something like I know you've got an entrepreneurial spirit at heart as well, but is that something that you've had from day one? How was that developed? Where do you, how do you see your role in being committed to the work? Yeah, this is a great question. And this is something that like I've, sometimes it's hard to own who you are because you're, you're yourself and you're in your head a lot. And it's like, if you don't, if you're not talking to other people, you don't really gain that appreciation for who you are. And sometimes it takes friends to tell you like, yo, your inner child's lit or like your work <laughs> ethic is incredible. And sometimes you need to hear it from other people to, f- to fully believe it. Um, but you, you've pointed that out on a few separate occasions. It's like, thank you. Yes. I think I do work hard. Um, but taking a step deeper, it's like it's it's hereditary. Like mm. my grandpa's the hardest working man I know. My dad's the hard- my uncles like they all they're all such hard workers. And like the Puzatella last name, I, I, I take such pride in it because they created it, especially in Northeast Ohio. They built they built they built homes and they built the biggest the biggest purchase someone makes in their life and they poured their blood sweat and tears and they got out of the financial crisis there's like some super tough times and i realized that um i realized that that that's something special and for me like a specific story that i can think about is just i remember when i was in second third grade I'd have a spreadsheet and my dad would pay me like $3 to cut the front yard, $3 to cut the backyard. He'd pay me like $5 if I washed his car and like $3 if I, if I washed my mom's car. So like I could make 10 bucks if I spend four hours on a Saturday doing all these things, 10 bucks. It's like, he's getting a pretty good deal here. Um, But I remember just keeping track in like a a paper spreadsheet. Like he's printed out for me. He said, I will pay you. Just make sure you log it. And I think a lot of that carried and i'm putting the mm. dots together right now is like that started the value of a dollar for me that's like you work 
you work and there's some type of reward. And I'm going to take that with my kids for sure. Mm -hmm. But then you, you, you take that and you relate that to, you know, where I was two years ago. I was like, I was at a crossroads in my career. I want to change positions. I want to be more sales oriented. Uh, and I want to show commitment to the industry. So I was like, I'm going to take level one of the CFA. And what it took to do that was I had so much fear around it. I was like, I'm, I got a 21, 22 on my ACT. I had to get a tutor to get it up. Like, I'm not the smartest man in the room. I have so much fear. The, the pass rate on this is 40%. Like, there's no way I'm going to do this. I told myself that for years. And then I was like, well, screw it. Uh, I'm ready to commit to myself. And I'm ready to tell myself I can do it. And I wrote down 20 different things on what my why are, clarified my why, why I want to do this. Mm. And then I, there was, there's no zero compromise. There was zero compromise. So in order to work out and work eight hours, nine hours at the day job and then continue to study in, it's like, this was my plan. This is how I was going to do it. Here's my short-term goals. Kept the why close and that was going to do it. So it's like from very, very young to when I was 22 years old, like the same principles applied. You had structure, you clarified the why and you were, you're just really purposeful. That's wonderful. And clarifying the why is an important step, I feel like. And that makes a lot of sense. It's a great answer is the way that I'm taking this is, question how do you how do you work so hard and how do you stay so committed to the work and answer i'm very clear on why i want that thing and when you're clear on why you want it and what purposes what it's going to bring you what will this help you become who will this help you become yeah. and you know why you're doing it then the work becomes irrelevant like i feel that way in the things i'm passionate about and i know why i'm doing Absolutely. The, the 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 how becomes irrelevant yeah it's it's when you're clear on that what and why like the whole theme of this podcast like the how like you will do what it takes is like you have to keep that close to you though you have yeah. to keep that close you especially do. in the challenging times yeah you do tell me about and this is something that you helped me a lot with i'm going to reverse it to you but something that helped me a lot when i was doing this my mantra for for 2019 i was looking at my journals you versus your potential mm. and this is something that you were allowed me to to steal from you for that yeah and i think we worked on it together um but for me, it meant a lot. And that's why I was waking up at 4.30 just to get to the gym, to make it to the desk at 7, to study till 9. Like, that's why I was doing that. I was like, I have an option. I can be Rylan or I can be Rylan's potential. And I wanted to be Rylan's potential every single day. But I want to I hear more about what that means to you because I don't think yeah. you touched on your podcast yet. Yeah, um, you versus your potential. Um, it's, it's, I had a friend that shared with me once the the definition of hell is meeting the person you could have become oh, man that's deep that'll slap you silly right across the face that'll sober you up real quick oh my god the definition of hell is meeting the person you could have become and in my mind i had this vision of like and it's a really powerful thought exercise of like what if you could meet the person that you could have become the person at your full your your potential god's vision for you if you will i know david goggins he's really inspiring in that note and he wanted to push that to the test and he was super overweight he was a he was an exterminator and a janitor and transforming his body to running ultra marathons, becoming a Navy SEAL. Like like if, if that if that delta is possible for him, like what's the delta for us? What's mm -hmm. the difference between where we're at and where we can be? Yeah. And for me, though, it gives me a vision of I don't like to compare myself to others. I don't I don't like to do that for a number of different reasons. But um, I like to compare myself to myself mm -hmm. and to what I know I'm capable of yeah. and how I can live my life. So I have this, this, this visualization exercise with this vision of every day there's Joshua's potential and there's myself. Mm -hmm. Joshua's potential is going to be living to a hundred percent of the potential. He's going to li be li living that day a hundred percent on purpose at every step of the way, meaning not hitting snooze, meaning eating clean, drinking the water he needs to drink, being super present in conversations finishing the do, being impeccable with his word, yep. doing the things he sets out to do, being kind, like all of those things. Yep. And the purpose is ne is not to be that because that's impossible. Like we're human at the end of the day and I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be that, but I can try, yeah. but I can chase that and I can devote myself to compete with that and compare myself to that. It gives me a target yeah. of someone or something to chase. Matthew McConaughey says in his Oscar acceptance speech, which yeah. is a great listen, he says like, I'm, you need someone to chase yeah. and I'm chasing me in 10 years. Wow. And, and that's the same thing. It's like, I'm chasing me today. I'm chasing the version of me that is living to his highest potential. Yeah. And, and I think that that was a really powerful, um, sentiment and very powerful feeling right shift that comes through like truth that resonates yeah. that resonated with both of us at that same time and 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 that makes a lot of sense is you saying well if i'm looking at rylan's potential yeah. i'm looking at i'm gonna do the workout and the cfa i'm not yeah. gonna make excuses and i'm gonna do this because i want to do this and i know that i can do this i'm capable of this yeah. no room for fear 
it's and especially with you you're gonna set the bar super high and it's like if if you set the bar extremely hairy audacious goals i know those, i know you like those a lot oh, yeah. if you set them super high and you're doing those th types of things and you're not perfect with it you're gonna be at 80 and that's gonna be a heck of a lot better if you never set those goals if you never had those like intentions that's right to do those things that's right man that's beautiful yeah that's right bro i mean and we one of the cool things i remember in our first in the first apartment first year we were all living together like we did a goal setting thing together yeah. and and this is just a cool kind of um coming full circle for myself as well as we're having this conversation like the first time i ever took someone through a goal setting exercise was with us yeah. sitting on the floor with the whiteboard that we had we, the only thing we had hanging was big ass whiteboard on on, on the yeah. on the wall right yeah. and we and we took it through and i have i have my mentors to thank for helping take me through those exercises as well and I kind of took us through a few different exercises. We set yearly goals and and it was like uh, it was the first time I had ever taken someone through that. And I just look at last week I was on Zoom doing in front of 100 people leading a workshop, a two hour workshop in front of 100 people in Zoom across 12 different countries, 100 different people. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> leading these exercises and the and sharing these stories and in, in, in a much more refined way over the past five, four or five years. Yeah. But um we set goals that we thought were crazy that first year yeah. and we all hit them. And then the second year came around, what happened? We set goals that we thought were even crazier and we all hit them yeah. third year, hit them. And then we realized, Oh my goodness, we're the only thing that enough. we're not dreaming big enough. The only thing like we're hitting these goals, like we should be failing at these goals. We should be. Yeah. Pretty crazy. You, um, you're a leader, you give permission and, uh, you're, damn good example example setter it's like you, you gotta you gotta dream bigger and that's something that you, you've taught all four of us me chad and danny um it's just dream bigger yeah and also be specific about your goals because I've, I've set goals where i wasn't too specific and uh it was like yeah i i achieved this goal but i gotta be more specific about what i want because it's not ex exactly what i wanted it's like this is a complete 360 but it's like i look at my journals like this is exactly what i asked for <laughs> yeah you're gonna get what you asked for you gotta be specific uh, like when you're ordering at a restaurant right yeah. you gotta be specific yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was just like yesterday my boss and i were sitting at a restaurant and we ordered coffee and she came over and she gave us lattes for like we want a cold brew but i was like that's on me like yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is filled with two percent milk and i haven't had milk since i was like six years old <laughs> and i was like i'm sorry i don't mean to do this because this is completely my fault i'll have to say cold brew next time <laughs> that's so funny yeah. i love it so so ryland um what's uh what's next for you what's the bigger dream for you that's that's good um i don't know i, I really do see a career in in the industry that i am within finance mm -hmm. um I, I i love having a purpose within finance i think some people lack that um and the fact that we're serving um, not only financial advisors, but we're serving a lot of, of individuals too, is, is, is very purposeful and rewarding. And I hold that close and I love working with the team. I love my teammates. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a great, it's a great gig. Um, so I don't look for much change there, but I think specifically like specifically with life and as I continue to grow and nurture my relationship with Hallie, it's, it's just getting better. The better it gets, the better it gets. Like, Amen. And I think the big thing for us is like Hallie and I have been creating quite a bit um, for brands. And she's she does freelance marketing. And she's super talented with design and marketing. Um, and not to mention her personal training. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It excites me to continue to create alongside her um, and to see where that goes. Yes. And what's just one brand. And I think there's something special there. But um you know, continuing to work on their marketing and continue to take photos for them. I just did a CrossFit event where I shot 150 different uh, athletes at a CrossFit event. I got a one-year-old birthday shoot tomorrow. <laughs> um, and all of this is just inbound. And it's just me saying, yeah, so like, I'm just very open to more gigs and selling more art and leaning in and doing the the fun things and the right things and the controllable things at work and having an attitude. And we went to the ocean this morning, like, need to do that more. I always need to do in the ocean more. Um, listen to my body, drink good water, try not to drink too much black coffee. Uh, <laughs> like these are the, these are the things that make me feel good, light me up. And, uh, that's, that's what I want. More. I love that. Yeah. Focus on the things that bring you joy, light you up, things that you can devote yourself to, to, to serve some greater purpose. Exactly. I love exactly. that. 
Brother, this has been an amazing conversation. It's crazy how quickly an hour zips by. Um, anything that you want to share with the uh, with the listeners as we uh, as we wrap up here? What permission do you want to give the people listening right now? It's a deep question. I, I knew you should have been asking me this question. Um, <laughs> I think if you're lost or if you think you know what you want or if you have some type of fear, I think the first step is just buying a journal. It's been the most impactful thing in my life. And like, if you're a guy, just drop your ego a little bit. Cause when I first bought my journal, I was like, am I really going to be carrying around a pocket journal? Right. And writing down my Dear diary. <laughs> and my, yeah. My family would be like, you got a little diary carrying on. That's cute. Yeah. And like, no, it's just, you know, my phone's my phone. Why don't you just use your notes app is what you get a lot. My phone's my phone. It's got too much noise on it. I just want to have a place where it's safe for me to write. And the paper too. No distraction, right? So I think that's a a big thing is just tap into what you want. Tap into the why. Tap into some type of spiritual level, whether whether you believe in the God, the universe, whoever you believe in, right? Tap into that. There's something something bigger that's working on in your life because once you hit that flow, you'll start realizing that's like Mm. things are working around you for you and you don't know why and doesn't make sense. Um, but you just come back to gratitude. So I think, you know, that's that's key. And that's been key for me. It's been key for you. It's been Absolutely. key for Chad, Danny, Hallie, literally everyone in our life. They all, everyone, that's one main thing, one, one consistent thing is is journaling. And also just finding find your squad, find your team. You know, grateful to have you guys, grateful to have my friends, grateful to have such a great family. Um, but, you know, Josh is always here. Dad, Danny's always here. We always want to reach out and connect to y'all. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry, so we'll we'll stop. This I love it, bro. I love you, man. Thanks for sharing and for for all that you do and for the example that you set for for everybody else too. So, my dude, love you, bro. Love you, buddy. Wow. Catch y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>